Welcome to Going Back, a rewatch podcast about the television show Lost, with your hosts, Adam Todd Brown and Olivia Hydar. Hey, everybody. Welcome to a very special in-person episode of Going Back. Woo! A Lost Rewatch podcast. I'm Adam Todd Brown. And I'm Olivia Hydar. And we're recording in the official Unpop studio. Yeah, it's great. I really love it. I do like the vibe in here. Yeah, it's wonderful. It's a room built for both cocaine and murder. <laughs> oh, okay. So this is going to be that kind of a day. I get yeah, it. Yeah, we're going to do one of those two things on this episode. <laughs> and it's up to everyone at home to decide which Olivia, how's it going? Holy shit, you live in L.A. now. I do. I've moved back to L.A. and I am very tired, just in general. But I'm glad to be back. I'm really happy. Did you just fly in? Yeah, exactly. Your arms are so tired? Yeah, my arms are so tired from flying in over four days of driving. (laughs) (laughs) Well, welcome back to Los Angeles. Thank you so much. You got here just in time for some of the rain. Oh, no, it was fully raining, a torrential downpour on the day that I arrived in L.A. and had to unpack my shit out of my car. Yeah, it's been very bad times. Yep. So we're so close. We're so close to the end. Yes, yes. We're in the very home stretch. We have three episodes of the podcast left. Yes, For this season, but seven episodes of the show left. Right. Yes. Counting the two we're covering today. Of course. Because the season finale is three episodes. And I think we should just knock all those out. Yes. In one. They're called Exodus part one, two and three. I mean. Right. It feels like kind of weird to divide. I mean, also, it doesn't really fit. We would still have one episode left over. So, yeah, it's going to be. A format buster. Right. Either way. And I I think they're thematically, obviously, of a piece. And so. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. Makes sense. Good job, us. Yeah. We did it. Hell yeah. We got this format down. Fuck yes. We should have been part of the show. I don't know if I was Mm. mature enough as a writer. Yeah. At that point. It was a long time ago. Yeah. I think it would have been tough for me to land the job being in high school. Agreed. In Indiana. I just don't think that I would have been able to, like, make the contacts necessary to get on the staff. But I would have if I could. Hey, it's Lost's loss. Hey. Hey. There you go. So we're covering two episodes, like we always do. Of course. About this time, Deus Ex Machina. <laughs> Is that how you pronounce that? Well, I mean, without the h. Uh, no, that's, I, I know that was accurate. Yeah, no, it's, uh, yeah, Deus Ex Machina. And do no harm. Is that how you pronounce that? No, I believe it's Dana Ham. <laughs> Don't no harm. Either way. Yeah. How are we feeling about these episodes? I think they're both fairly compelling episodes, especially the on island stuff. I mean, well, Okay. I mean, obviously, these are two of the best episodes in television history because they represent the end of Boone. Oh, Boone. Boone. Yeah, his name should have had a third O in it because that guy sucks. And like an exclamation point right right behind the N. Yeah, we do get to see Boone die, Yeah, which is cool. Yes. It's great. And it's really well played, and I think if you didn't know that a character was about to die, I mean, maybe until Locke's foreboding dream, maybe you'd start to figure something out. But, like, I don't know. I think they play it really well that maybe he might make it, maybe maybe won't, but yeah. Yeah, I think most people were probably pulling for him not making it. <laughs> I think at this point in the show. I have to imagine. I mean, again, this is one of those things that I I wasn't living through because I missed the first season when it aired. So I I already knew that Boone or, you know, I think I'd heard that Boone had died and that was a big deal. So I think I knew that it was coming. Yeah, I did not know it was coming, but I also missed the first season. I feel like I always forget, but I 
believe I started watching right before season three. Okay. And still stuck with it. Yeah. Through season three. Yeah. But I had heard so much about season one and season two, and I watched it on Netflix mm. by way of them mailing me <laughs> DVDs. Yeah. Classic Netflix. Which, oh, I miss it. Yeah. I mean, I get what you mean. I miss the age of pre streaming because things were better. But also, you know, it was kind of a pain in the ass to, like, wait for your fucking DVDs. I rented my DVDs from Blockbuster. I, I was late to Netflix because I was like, why would I fuck? I work at Blockbuster. I could just go there. Yeah, I think I did both. Yeah, I'm sure. Everybody did. I mean, not to brag. Right. You know, high roller. Wow. Right? Yeah. yeah. No, yeah, you were, you were big stuff if you had Netflix back in the DVD days. Yeah. And that was when, like, you would have to wait. There would be like a wait list. And it's like, come on. You know goddamn well you have enough copies of Jack Reacher or whatever I'm trying to watch. I actually don't think – I mean like at least in the beginning. By the time Jack Reacher, you know, (laughs) yeah, they probably had more stock. But, you know, when they started, I think the limit was like because they didn't have much stuff. And, you know, they were a small company. But this is not a podcast about the history of Netflix. No, it's not. I mean, we could pivot. We could, but I would be sad because I like watching Lost. We should we should get back on track. This is a Locke flashback. Yes. Episode. It opens with Locke in full the stepfather mode. And by that, I mean he has hair. Sure. Although the stepfather, if the stepfather was just the saddest sack. Right. Right. Whoever lived. Which he was not. If no. People have not seen no. The Stepfather starring John Locke. Yes. Please go watch it. Absolutely. 1987 horror movie. Fantastic. Rules. Good movie. So good. And there's a sequel too, I believe. There is. I don't know that I've ever seen Stepfather 2. I think that one he's in, but then there were more and he was replaced so, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Not the best idea for a franchise. No, like it's eventually, weird. Like, eventually that guy's going to get caught. <laughs> Maybe. But. He's a pretty bad stepfather. I mean, like, look, I understand bad stepfathers, and he was a, he's worse than my stepfather, so <laughs> I will say that. Yeah. He was bad times. So, we're on Flashback Island. Locke is working in a department store. He's being all charming with this kid who wants to know how the game Mousetrap works he he is being charming but he's also kind of being like island john locke and it kind of feels weird like i was feeling like one hour photo vibes from that like when he's talking about neon genesis evangelion in the in the (laughs) toy store it's just like i don't know man why are you so focused on telling this kid about mousetrap yeah it is uncomfortable when any adult pays too much attention to a strange kid (laughs) a little bit And I think society at large is on notice for stuff like that. Yeah. Like, people in general are just like, hey, is that your kid? (laughs) If not, what the fuck are you doing? Do you know that kid? Yeah. I think that's the question. Do you know the kid? Do you know him? Yeah. But I mean, yeah. Even then, like, how? Right. But he's being a salesman, and, and then, but we see that there's, like, this weird lady watching him in a fur coat. Yeah, it seems like maybe she's, she's a little smitten. Mm. At first, that's oh. that was my thought. Huh. But I guess in retrospect, the age difference was pretty extreme. I guess. I mean, I not- think we're meant to believe this is a young lot. Right. Well, that's the thing is I don't think the actress is very much older than Terry O'Quinn, but he is pl- in young age makeup. Right. Uh, playing a younger version of himself. And so they do kind of look similar in age. Yeah, they look. Super similar. So I was kind of shocked when we find out that's actually his mom. Yeah. Because at first I was like, she's trying to fuck. Sure. I didn't get that, but I know what you mean, though. Like, it's just weird how much she's watching him. Yeah, she was definitely into the way he was interacting with that child. Right. Which maybe that's part of it, too. Like, Mm -hmm. maybe I thought she was looking at him like, oh, he'll be good to my 25-year-old kids. Sure, sure. (laughs) Who knows? (laughs) Back on the island, Locke and Boone have basically dug up the entirety of this hatch. Well, dug up like a large 
five foot chunk. The entrance. Right. But like it's very clear that they've just kind of had to stop because it keeps going. Right. And Locke has worked up this contraption mm-hmm. to try and break into the hatch. They keep saying the word, is it Trebucket? <laughs> trebuchet. Trebuchet. Or Shay, if trebuchet. you want to be French about it. That's a font, right? <laughs> is it? I don't think so. I'm pretty sure. It might be. I mean, like, fonts all have weird-ass names. But no, trebuchet. It's like a catapult that doesn't throw anything. It, like, throws the weight down like a hammering force. Okay, but it's also a font that well, that's, has its own Wikipedia page. I so. mean, it's a very – wow, it's a very boring font, too. It's just, like, normal. They uh, could have just called it normal. It is a humanist sans-serif typeface. <laughs> so Sure. <laughs> How is a font humanist? I don't understand. It is a right wing font. <laughs> what does that mean in that context? It has no to mean idea. something. Anyway. There's no way it means anything. <laughs> They're building a trebuchet. It's like a medieval, like it's just the type of nerdy bullshit that Locke would be into because it's like some medieval siege weapon. Yeah. That's just made to like break walls. And it for sure does not work. No. It breaks the fuck out. Like, it just destroys. Yeah, it's like you're trying to break a modern-day hatch with medieval weapons. This thing is solid steel, and you have a rock. Yeah, those those medieval weapons were not fighting steel hatches. Well, they're going for... The glass. The glass. But, like, it's obviously some hardcore glass. Not only does it not work, but Locke gets a piece of shrapnel that is approximately 27 inches long. (laughs) embedded in his leg right it looks bad it looks bad and he should be in pain but he doesn't feel it Uh oh because we know Locke, before getting to the island could not use his legs of course that's the thing about Locke. and now he's got this huge piece of metal and he doesn't even feel it like he just pulls it out yeah and then like it's nothing he gets freaked out i mean that's the main thrust of the episode is he's worried that the Island's magic is going away. And back by the campfire. Yeah. He's poking his legs. Yes. Same thing, continuation of that scene. Right. He's poking his legs. He's trying to see if he has any feeling. He eventually puts fire to the bottom of his feet. And uh uh-oh. Doesn't feel it. No feeling in his legs. Lost. There's there's a couple moments in this episode that I think they could have just thrown the lost thing up. (laughs) <laughs> and I would have been fine. Sure. That's so good, though. It's a great conflict for Locke to have this guy who is so driven by faith and, like, this absolute faith in his purpose, you know, and the island's, like, goodness to have that gift taken away is it's great. I love this episode. Yeah, and it has some pretty strong parallels to the flashbacks that are happening. Right. Yeah. Oh, there's some of the most tragic flashbacks on the series. Yeah, it's it's rough. Yeah. Locke has a bad time <laughs> yes. during these flashbacks. So speaking of flashbacks, we're back on Flashback Island. Right. Locke is leaving work at the department store and he sees that same redhead, but now she's fleeing from him. Right. Like she's scared. And so I'm thinking, well, maybe she's not so smitten. With Locke. Sure. Maybe this is something else. And this is when we find out. Nope. It's his mom. Right. Yeah, she she just comes right out with it. And then they have, like, lunch at a diner or something. Yeah. And she tells him that he's, he's special. Yeah. That he's part of a design. Yeah. And that them meeting is a sign of things to come. Great things. Yeah. And I don't know, just watching it, you know something's up. Of course. Well, I mean, she says he's immaculately conceived. (laughs) But, like, I think that's also kind of the writers throwing a little catnip at the fans who have already started to become kind of rabid at this point. Right. The people writing it at this point know that it's kind of become very popular and that people are... Really online theorizing. And it's a neat turn also because it's one of those things where you're like, oh, what's that reveal going to be? Right. And it's like, she's crazy. Yeah. She's just making shit up. Or so his father says. Right? Yeah. Lost. 
So, yeah, he asks about his father. She says, you don't have a father. You were immaculately conceived. Yeah. And, yeah, this is, I'm going to be honest, if they wanted to throw another lost at us. <laughs> they should. Right there, I would have been like, I get it. I get it. This they calls sh- for two. They should just do that. They should alternate <laughs> throughout the episode, the opening and the ending. Every fucking reveal. Yeah, like every cut to commercial. Because, see, that's the thing that we're missing watching it streaming, is that they did kind of do the right. cut to Lost, but it was cut to black commercial. Right. Again, this is the kind of TV structuring that has kind of been lost <laughs> over time is just this understanding of pacing, of building up to a thing and having a big cliffhanger thing to end on and then coming back from a break and giving the audience a little bit more and then cycling down. It's just such a rewarding kind of storytelling for TV, I think. Yeah, and like I pay extra for Hulu with no ads. Yes. But if there was also a version of Hulu that would show me TV shows like this with the ads from when it originally aired. yeah. I might pay a little extra for that. I mean, okay, I know that I would because on YouTube they have that for several shows. Probably not something as big as Lost. I haven't looked. But, like, I have many episodes of Mystery Science Theater 3000 uh, from the original air date with the commercials from the area of the person who recorded it. They're just all over YouTube, and there's several other things like that. So, yeah, I would love that for something like Lost or another old show like that. But also, at the same time, you know, commercials are kind of annoying still, no matter what. But they are worse in streaming. It would also add a whole lot of extra time to doing this podcast. (laughs) Sure. Because all of these episodes are clocking in at like 42, 43 minutes. Yes, Definitely not the runtime when they were on ABC. No, it was an hour long show. Yeah. So we can't afford to watch ads. Look, we're busy. Yeah. Okay. We got better things to do than watch old commercials. So, no, we're not going to do this dumb idea that we came up with. (laughs) (laughs) Why'd you even bring it up? So, back on the island. Sawyer is pestering son for headache cures. Yeah. And she has no answers. So Kate goes to Jack about it. And Jack tosses the Hippocratic Oath right out the fucking window (laughs) and is like, fuck you and Sawyer both, you know? Yeah. Like, I would help him, but he would tell me no, so I'm not even going to ask. Well, I don't think that's violating the Hippocratic Oath. You have no (laughs) obligation to. I'm being dramatic. Yeah. But also, like, this is just such a fun comedic B story, which I always like, on an episode where the main plot of Locke and his crisis of faith and his journey with Boone and his flashbacks are so (laughs) serious and like not fun. They're kind of very dramatic. And so it's nice to have this, which involves all the main characters. And it's just kind of like a fun story about Sawyer being an asshole. Yeah. Sawyer being an asshole, having a medical emergency. Yeah. Seemingly a medical emergency. Not wanting to ask for help from Jack. And elsewhere on the island, Locke and Boone are arguing about the hatch. And Boone is being a real negative Nelly about things. He's being a real Boone about this whole thing. Yeah. He's being a total fucking Shannon's boyfriend. (laughs) about things and he's like look we're never going to get this hatch open and i don't know how anyone could be on that island and have that attitude (laughs) it's like what else do you have to do in life right but figure out how to get inside that thing i mean i guess hunt boar yeah but you just do that while you're standing around (laughs) like they're going to show up and charge at you they're fucking wild boar they're crazy exactly they're going to be hunting you Just have to make sure one of you can get the drop on them yeah. while the other is trying to get in the hatch. Like little spears. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Boone, on one hand, I get it because obviously, how the fuck are they going to open this thing? They don't have anything that could possibly do it. But on the other hand, I don't know. You're not curious about this at all? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, Boone, are you so empty inside that you have no urge to know what is inside this fucking door yeah and you're stranded on an island after a plane crash yeah whatever is in that hatch is obviously so remote and underground 
they might not know right? that you crashed there. It could be a completely benign thing where they're like, oh, shit. It could be anything. Yeah, of course you would want to get in there. Yeah. And Boone's just like, man, Boone. You stop me. I can get that door open. You know, it's, it's good they killed him because his voice was so annoying. I know. I can't <laughs> believe he talked like that on a fucking network <laughs> television show. Shannon, you want to kiss me, Shannon? Shannon, let's have sex with my sister. <laughs> Yeah, and that's not how Ian Summerholder talks no, at all. No, it's so weird. In real life. When he does press, he sounds totally normal. It's a perfectly normal voice. It's fucking nuts. God, what a weirdo. So while Boone and Locke are arguing about the hatch. Oh, yes, yeah. This is when Locke has his vision. Yeah. Where he sees a plane crashing and Boone is all wigged out and he keeps saying, Teresa falls up the stairs. Teresa falls down the stairs. Yeah, and he's covered in blood. He's covered in blood. Locke sees a plane crashing, and he's like, do you not see that? Yeah. And Boone's just fucking rattling off. But then Locke wakes up. Yeah. Turns out it was a nightmare. Yeah, really well done. I really like that scene a lot. Yeah. And now we're on Flashback Island. (laughs) Locke hires a private investigator. Yeah. Who, one, confirms that, Yes, your mom is your mom, but also she's crazy. Right. But also, he gives him details about his dad. Right. He kind of doesn't want to. Right. But he still is willing to. And he says, your mom sought you out, but this guy might not have any idea. The private investigator had to be in on this, right? Maybe. He might have been. But also, Locke's dad might have just known that a private investigator would lead him to him. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. So after Locke gets this information about his dad, shows up at his dad's house. I thought it was weird that the security guard kind of like recognized all the names Locke was yeah. throwing at him. Right. Yeah. He finds out his dad's name is Anthony Cooper. Right. And he says he's Anthony Cooper's son. And the guard's like, he doesn't well, have a son. And he lives in the fucking mansion. He lives in a, a mansion that doesn't look like it should have a private security guard. No, but, but it does. But it does. Yeah. And... He says, I'm Emily Locke's son. Yeah. And at that, the security guard is like, <gasps> what? Well, what it is is there's the camera, and Anthony Cooper is watching through the camera, and he calls and tells the guard to let them in at that time. Yeah, but also the guard got a look on his face yeah. upon hearing the name Emily Locke. I think it feels like, you know— that guard probably keeps a lot of secrets for his boss. I wouldn't be surprised if he's heard that name. Yeah, my thing is more, would the boss tell him all that? Again, I don't think it necessarily has to tell him. Yeah. He could just observe. I mean, they're just they're just making dramatics. Yeah, I get it. totally. I get it. Yeah. So his dad seems like a bit of an asshole. Yeah, I mean, like, he's laying it on thick when they meet, and he's really laying on a good, like, you know, I wasn't, Expecting to be your dad, but hey, we can maybe be friends or something. He's really kind of playing to what Locke wants to hear right. from, from a dad at this point. And he offers to take him hunting? Yes. Which Locke is like, I would really love to. Like, he's so horny for his dad. <laughs> yeah. And I think most people watching this had to know this wasn't going to end well. I mean, it it's soaked in doom. Just the yeah, vibe yeah. of every scene is just like something bad is going to happen here. And again, Locke is walking. This is the first flashback we've seen of Locke walking, actually. I think we, we should note that. And so we, the audience, know that he will eventually be in a wheelchair for some reason that we don't know. And so until we learn what it actually is that puts him in the wheelchair, every scene of him in a flashback is kind of tense. Yeah. Because when it's a flashback when he can walk because you're like, is this when it's going to happen? Yeah. Is it going to happen it? now? You know, not to get too far ahead, but like after the surgery later, I remember thinking like, Oh, is this going to be how he ended up getting right. paralyzed? But it's not. So, Which would have actually been an equally interesting turn. It would have. And they do. I mean, spoiler, like it does end up being his dad's fault in the end. But like, you know, they have to leave room for there to be more <laughs> drama and more mysteries because it's a soap opera. 
Yeah. So meanwhile, Jack does finally agree to talk to Sawyer. Right. But now Sawyer is the one being kind of a bitch about it. He is such a bitch this whole episode. It's very funny. Yeah, like people are just trying to help. Yeah. And he's asking for help. And then when yeah. people want to help, he's like, no, nah, man. He's like a feral cat. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. We have to kind of like get in and then like they'll go away, but then they'll kind of be like, okay, maybe I will take some food. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so they eventually tear down their respective walls and Sawyer informs Jack that his uncle died of a brain tumor. Yeah. Concerning. Yes. Because he's having all these headaches mm-hmm. and issues with his vision. And Jack says there's some tests he could run. But once again, Sawyer's like, no, man, I don't want you to run no you tests me, on me. You want to take tests? I don't need tests. <laughs> tests are for women, man. Get me out of here. <laughs> it's just so funny how much he's just like, all right, I'll let you ask me some questions. And he's like, okay, well, I think I need to run some tests. Well, tests. I'm not going to run some tests. <laughs> Okay, fine. I'll let you run some tests. I was curious, like, what kind of test? Was there, like, an MRI machine ah, on that plane? I mean, like, people have been treating headaches for fucking hundreds of years. True. I'm sure there's <laughs> non-mechanical ways to figure out what's happening with someone's head. So Boone and Locke are walking through the jungle looking for whatever Locke is looking for. He's basically heading in the direction of that plane crash that he saw in his vision. And they find a dead body. Yeah. Hanging in a tree. And then we go to Flashback Island. It's like a skeleton, too. Yeah. It's, cool. it's, it's been dead for a while. Yeah. And Locke is back for another visit with his dad. Yes. And apparently another hunting trip. I guess. As well. They've gone hunting up to this point. Yeah. They're getting very buddy-buddy. And, uh-oh, he shows up yeah. and his dad is hooked up to a dialysis machine. It's so diabolical. As soon as I saw that, I was like, oh, yeah. I know what's happening. Yeah. I get it. It's just, it's so evil. Because he just walks in and he's like, oh, I wasn't expecting you as I've got my dialysis machine going. Don't mind it. Uh, I'm just dying. It's no worries. Yeah. And he clearly has told Locke they're meeting at 11. Right. Because he wants him to see this. And you know that because his dad is like, oh, I thought we were meeting at 12. And Locke was like, oh, you said 11. (laughs) No one's hooking up to the dialysis machine (laughs) one hour before guests arrive. Right. For a hunting trip. You're going to do that at like 9 a.m. For a hunting trip, yeah. Yeah, it's so sleazy. He's such a dick. I mean, obviously, we learn much more about him as the show goes on, but he is such a fucking asshole. Yeah, and I don't think anyone watching in this moment was supposed to, like, I don't think the creators were trying to, like, make us think this was going to go good for Locke. Right, no, of course. Like, you just know what are you doing, yeah. dude? This is going to go very bad. Like I said, I was like, oh, this is going to be how he gets paralyzed. Yeah. It's either going to fuck him up or he's going to screw him over or something. And so now we're back on the island. Locke and Boone are going through the dead man's things. Yeah. They decide he may or may not be a Nigerian priest. Yeah. He's dressed like a priest. Right. And but he also has a shit ton of money and a gun and he's <laughs> super duper dead. I mean, could be a priest. <laughs> True. Yeah, absolutely. So as they're making their way through the jungle, Locke is slowly losing his ability to walk again. Yeah. He's having a harder and harder time hiding that he can't feel his legs. Right. And this is where the parallels with what's happening on the island start. Because the next flashback we see is... Locke on this hunting trip with his dad and his dad, who is clearly conning him, is like, good thing we got to do this while we still had time, huh? And Locke, who we find out grew up in foster homes, has never known his dad, has never known his mom. This is obviously such a gift for Locke. He finally has a dad who wants to have a relationship with him, they're doing shit. And meanwhile, back on the island, the island gave him this gift of restoring his ability to walk. That's true. And now he's losing that in the course of trying to track down whatever he and Boone are trying to track down. Right. Yeah, no, that's true. Yeah, it's... It's good television. It really is. It's so good. And, like, 
I think everybody in the audience knows that he's a con man, but like that just adds to the tragedy. You're just watching this with dread being like, this guy, Locke, you, you can't tell that this guy is fucking with you. Like, yeah, there's a scene during the hunting trip where he calls him son. Yeah. It's like, oh, God, this is going to go bad. Yeah. Isn't it? And so back on the island, Boone and Locke are talking about this vision Locke had. And Locke is like, who was Teresa? Mm-hmm. You kept saying Teresa fell up the stairs, Teresa fell down the stairs. And we find out Teresa was Boone's nanny. Yeah. Who fell down the stairs and broke her neck and died when he was six years old. Damn. And Locke starts laughing. <laughs> but only partly because Boone's nanny broke her neck. <laughs> right. It's mostly because he realizes the plane he saw in his vision is hanging from a tree. Right. Just like 50 feet away. Yep. And Locke tells Boone he's going to have to go up, climb a tree, and find out what's in that plane. Because his legs aren't working. Because Locke, yeah, can't walk all of a sudden. (sighs) Yeah. And then that's doom. That's Boone's end. Oh, no. No, I hope Boone's okay. Yeah, no, I know. Come on, Boone. I love the scene. I think it was earlier where Jack is doing the tests on Sawyer, and he keeps asking more and more personal questions that don't have anything to do with his headaches just because he wants to embarrass him in front of Kate. Like, he asks him if he has any STDs or has ever had STDs, and it (laughs) pisses him off so much. It was really funny. He asks him if he's ever slept with a prostitute. Right. And then he's like, you're farsighted. Yeah. You're fine. It's great. Yeah, he tells him that he uses, I think he says hyperocula or something like that. He uses the Latin name for farsightedness to freak him out a little bit. It's a (laughs) a funny storyline. And then they make Sawyer glasses. Yeah, Saeed like melds two different pairs of glasses together. He uses a piece of hot metal to, like, melt the bridges of a couple glasses of different prescriptions, I'm assuming. Right. That then will come together and match Sawyer's prescription. And yeah. then he looks ridiculous. It's he does. funny. He looks silly. And yeah. It's great. But he's able to read and he's actually thankful for it. Yeah. Meanwhile, on Flashback Island, Locke has given his dad a kidney. Uh, Aww. Cute. He, they just have this, like, very sappy conversation in the hospital beds before they go under. And they're, like, right next to each other in the room. It's so fucking such a bummer. Yeah. And then we cut back to Locke and Boone trying to figure out what's inside this airplane. Right. That they have found hanging in the trees. And Boone manages to get inside the plane. Yeah. And he finds a map of Nigeria. Yes. Appropriate. And also a shit ton of heroin. Yeah. I don't know that Nigeria is necessarily a heroin producing region, but it's fine. Yeah. Suspension of disbelief and all. I mean, it needs to be heroin because then that can later on be something they can come back to with Charlie. Like, that's very obvious. But I guess Nigeria, it's like, it seems very unlikely that an island that's supposedly in the Pacific would have a very small plane. Like, that's the thing. Yeah. It's an extremely small two-engine Cessna, basically. And so it's kind of, you know, the whole Bermuda Triangle aspect of the island. Like, it's weird that there's this plane that shouldn't be here on the island. That's true. But also Boone finds that the radio inside yes. is still working. First he's pissed. Yeah. Because he's like, your fucking vision brought us <laughs> to the heroin. Right. But instead, oh, there's a radio. And he gets on the radio and manages to contact someone. Yeah. Like someone responds. Yeah. But what do you say? And also, the plane is going to fall from the tree. Right. This is the thing. He does get out a message and he hears a response, but it's hard. I don't think we can. The audience was really able to hear it. I didn't turn on subtitles, but like I couldn't make out what the response was. But I know at one point the guy basically tells him to repeat what he said. Right. But he also like there's some sort of surprise he has at hearing 815 and it's hard to tell what 
Yeah. What he's reacting to, but it doesn't really matter because the plane falls out of the tree. Plane falls out of the tree, and uh oh, Boone is hurt. No! Yeah, no. Not Boone. Come on. And then Locke pulls his body from the wreckage and hikes him over his shoulders and carries him back to the camp, which I don't know if that's what you do if someone has had severe head trauma. No, that is. I think the last thing you do, you maybe just leave him there and you go get the help. But they don't say, like, if someone might have hurt their neck, you should move them around as no, much exa- as you possibly can. Exactly. Yeah, that I think is not <laughs> standard medical advice. You definitely don't <laughs> sling them over your shoulder like you're a yeah. firefighter. Yep. And then he takes him back to the caves. Yeah. And when Jack asks Locke what happened... Locke is already gone. Right. Well, he says that he fell off a right. cliff while they were hunting, and then he disappears. And then he vanishes, and then that's when we go back to Flashback Island. Right, right, and, right. oh, no, yeah. Locke wakes up in his hospital room to find his dad is gone. Right. Has checked out. And, like, the nurse won't tell him anything because there's no evidence that they're related because they don't have the same name yeah she's like oh i didn't even know here's your dad yeah it's very sad it's really really depressing and also his mom shows up yeah his mom shows up and is like hey we scammed you yeah money sorry he paid me i hope you understand he gave me a lot of money and Locke goes back to his dad's house and now the security guard is like he's not taking guests you gotta leave yeah very sad so he pleads directly to the camera uh like pleading at this implacable unknowable face to let him in and then we cut to Locke in misery on the hatch turning the whole Boone is dying situation into all about him right yeah (laughs) he's like why'd this have to happen to me He's like, I did everything you need me to do. <laughs> and so it kind of is interestingly solipsistic for him to be like, yeah, Boone, why did you make Boone die at me? <laughs> and one of the connections I don't think I've made up to this point is I think we were supposed to think maybe Locke was kind of crazy at this point. Sure. Because we know his mom was. And yeah. We see Locke beating on his dad's security camera at the end. Right. But then he's also, like, he's beating on this hatch door like it's also a person. Sure. That has feelings and emotions and does things. And he's like, I did everything you wanted me to do. And it's like, dude, that hatch door did not actually tell you to (laughs) do Well, no, I mean, like, it's, like, representative of the mysteries of the island i get you oh, know sure i feel like this is the thing like it's more that we're supposed to be like wow this is really testing but like it's testing his faith but we know that there's something crazy about the island because his legs were healed that yeah. nothing can take that away so even if he kind of goes overboard you do have to acknowledge that He at least is recognizing that there's something greater going on than just their survival. Yeah, that's true. And so while he's banging on the hatch door, though, a light turns on inside. It's cool. Lost. (laughs) Yeah, that's a good one. That comes up later. That's a fun one. And that is the end of episode 19, which takes us to episode 20, Do No Harm, yet another Jack flashback. Jack yeah. back. Jeez. Before the finale episode, I want to count up the flashbacks and see who got what, because we got a lot of Jack and Kate flashbacks. Yeah, Jack had to have gotten the most. Absolutely. He would, I think. I, you know, I mean, he is, I guess, the lead character, if, but... If you had to name one person who was the main character, it would be Jack, at least in season one, but like... Even then, he is far from the primary focus of the show at this point. But, you know, this flashback at least, it's a different color to his past than what we've seen. Right. Which is nice. It opens with everyone trying to save Boone's life. And it's like, why? You know? (laughs) Jack is doing all this gnarly doctor shit. Yeah. Pierces his lung at one point so he can breathe. His lung deflated and so he had to pierce it. Yeah. And then... Flashback Island. Jack is getting ready for a wedding. Right. 
They don't make it really clear at first if he's the one getting married. Well, it's a fake out in that scene yeah. where he's tying the bow tie of the other guy who is a guy who I've seen in a million things. I can't remember his name. But he's tying his bow tie and kind of talking about being nervous and how he can still back out. And then you realize, no, Jack is the groom and that's his right best man. Best man or, or whatever. whatever. And back on the island, Jack promises Boone that he will save him. Yeah. Lost. Classic Jack move. And at that point, it's like, oh, yeah, Jack's definitely not going to save Boone. Yeah. I feel like if I were watching this without knowing it, which is a difficult mindset to put yourself in. Right. But I think watching this episode, I might believe that he could save Boone until Claire starts giving birth. Right. Because then at that point, I'm like, oh, there's no way that they're both going to be okay. Like, it's got to be one person dies while another person lives, which is, spoiler alert, basically the end of the episode. Yeah. And when Claire showed up, I was like, oh, yeah, Claire. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, the pregnant woman who who's on this island. We haven't seen her for, like, eight episodes or something. It's been a couple. I mean, she's kind of had, like, one or two scenes she's here and there. She's been in them, but right. there hasn't been any real Claire action. Right. Well, I mean, she got kidnapped. She did get kidnapped. And then she came back. But then, yeah, since she came back, it's mostly just been here and there. But then this is a big episode for her. Very big. We don't want to spoil it, but we will say Claire <laughs> is pregnant. Yeah. Hint. Wow. It's a hint as to what is going to happen. Yeah, we don't want to spoil it. Nothing that I said earlier about what happens is a spoiler. <laughs> no, nothing, nothing. <laughs> so on the island, Michael and Sawyer are still overseeing the construction of the raft. Well, Michael's overseeing construction of the raft and Sawyer is being a pain yeah but also neither of them are doing that much jen is the one doing all the work sure well michael he knows construction he's working on it yeah he's telling jen what to do yeah but sawyer doesn't know shit about boats and kate shows up demanding all of sawyer's booze yeah and all of his medical grade alcohol as well so they can use it to save boone's life yeah and again i'm like i'd rather keep that booze i do like though that as soon as Kate shows up and urgently demands the alcohol. Sawyer drops his bullshit and doesn't do his whole usual questioning shit because he, yeah. he can tell that she's fucking serious. And so he just gives her the alcohol without question. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good moment for yeah. Sawyer. It's very subtle character building. Yeah. And so now we're back to Flashback Island, and Jack is the one getting married. Even better, he's marrying Claire Dunphy from Modern Family. <laughs> Score. Yeah, he is. So it turns out they met after she was in a car accident, and he was the surgeon who saved her. Yeah. Seems like a good start to a romantic relationship. I mean, it's an interesting <laughs> dynamic. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, feel like that's a thing. You you get the wrong partner in that relationship, and someone's going to be like, hey, remember when I saved your fucking life? Right. Yeah. And I don't- You maybe want to have what I want to have for dinner tonight? <laughs> uh, it's a real argument winner. <laughs> but I feel like, and I don't know if they specifically pointed out, but I feel like they imply that she's the woman who he talks about in the pilot, where he, like, cut her- Dural sack, I think is what he calls it. And like all the nerves come out and he counts to five and then oh, fixes yeah. her. I think she's the woman from that story, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. I think they kind of hinted at it in this, but I, well, I, there's an I episode of Modern Family about it. Well, of course. There yeah. was that, that ABC crossover <laughs> episode where yeah. Jack is performing surgery on Claire and then. She divorces Phil. <laughs> you must have just not watched the show enough. No, I didn't. You know, I missed that. It was funny that they did a crossover <laughs> with Lost five years after Lost went off the air. I agree. But it's cool. I agree. I think that's really dramatically daring. So. There's one thing we know about ABC. They push the creative envelope. Of course. That's what I know them for. <laughs> I mean, they did have Lost. and <laughs> That's true. And, like, their whole thing for dramas for years after Lost was, what if we made a weird-ass show with a vague premise that doesn't make any sense and then people will just be attracted to the weird mystery? That's kind of cool. I don't hate it. It's better than some things. <laughs> CBS was just like, 
can every show be NCIS? Yeah. Is that, is every show a cop procedural? Or How I Met Your Mother. Right, yeah. What if nerds knew women? We can do this. <laughs> so back on the island, Jack and Son are still tending to Boone, who yeah. I personally feel is beyond help at this point. Yeah, it's pretty clear that he might be a bit beyond their capacity as an island group. And meanwhile, Claire has the gall to go into labor <laughs> during all of this. Like, inconsiderate doesn't even yeah. begin well, to describe it. To her credit, she does keep trying to not go into labor throughout the episode and fail. Did she try hard enough? Well, look, I don't want to judge because I've never given birth. And so I, I imagine, from what I understand, it's a pretty physically and emotionally taxing activity. I don't think you have to give birth to understand what it's like. Oh, sure. <laughs> Absolutely. No, I think, yeah, you're definitely right about that. 100%. I totally can imagine it. So Kate is there, but she doesn't know shit about doctoring. Right. So she starts wailing like a fucking banshee for help. Yeah. And Jen shows up, which is like 50% good. Well. Because someone has arrived, but also you have a huge obstacle right. to overcome. Now you have to play some charades. <laughs> In that you do not speak the same language. Right. But she somehow conveys well, that they need to get Jack. He gets it. I think it would be, he would have to be in a vegetative state to not right. get why a person is frantically pointing at the pregnant woman. Right, exactly. This is the thing. Like, yeah, I think he can't understand English, but I think anybody can stumble upon a woman who's like leaning against <laughs> a rock, like drenched in sweat with a big pregnant belly and just be like, oh, I get the whole vibe they should have kept that Jen is an asshole theme the whole season <laughs> or he's like oh and fuck in this you. moment he's like fucking no english lady what do you want from me <laughs> this isn't my problem <laughs> bye and that's all Jen's in the episode <laughs> but he does run off to get jack yeah meanwhile we see jack interacting with boone and son who is really just trying to help yeah. and trying to give Jack a little bit of a break. She's like, we're just watching a dude die. I can do it, too. Right. Like, why don't you go take a nap? <laughs> and Jack is being such a piece of shit. Well, you know, he gets fussy when he's tired. This has happened before <laughs> on the show. This is a running theme is that Jack gets a little fussy if he hasn't had enough rest. And that's like a major conflict in this episode. <laughs> I like, speaking of major conflicts in this episode, that while her brother, which yeah. is brother slash lover, mm -hmm. is literally dying, somehow word of that has not made its way to Shannon. And she and Saeed are just traipsing off to another part of the beach for a romantic date. I mean, it makes sense. Yeah. All the people who know about Boone basically are trying to stop Boone from dying. Yeah. <laughs> so, so they're kind of preoccupied and it's hard to like go out and tell people. But I mean, they at least talk about it. Someone says, has anyone talked to Shannon? So it's at least being considered. But also it seems like they're kind of going out to not be found. Yeah. Yeah. Because they're going to bone, you know? Olivia, question. Do you know your blood type? No. Yeah, I don't know my blood type either. No. That's a big thing in this episode. Yeah. They're trying to find out Boone's blood type. Right. Well, he knows his. Yeah, he knows his, but they go out to the people on the island, and everyone's like, I don't fucking know. Yeah. I have no clue. I have no idea whatsoever. <laughs> I want to say AB, but I think I'm wrong. I think mine is X. Oh, cool. Yeah. 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 I think I'm a blood type X yeah. or Z. One of the two. Blood type double R negative. Yeah, Gen X. Yeah. And I think that correlates to your blood that type. That is true. Yeah. All Gen X people are blood type X. Yeah. It's yeah. The, and people a few years younger than me are like millennial right. blood type. You've got the X factor. Right. Uh, right. You're all mutants. <laughs> yeah. There's the Z blood type, all that. Sure. I have the millennial blood type. <laughs> so Jack, is he trying to give Boone a blood transfusion? Yeah. He has several plates spinning at the same time. One of them is that Boone has lost a shit ton of blood because Locke picked him up and hauled him across the jungle after being dropped from a plane. And again, he's being a dick to, well, to Sun. He is. I don't know. I kind of, I feel like everybody else understands that like he's gotta be short because he's trying to save 
a life, and there's yeah. no time for niceties. Yeah, but Son also clearly has some idea of what she's doing, and we know that when she finally, after Jack giving her all this grief, like he's complaining about not having a needle to do yeah. this transfusion with, and she goes and gets a fucking sea urchin. Yes, yeah. Which, as it turns out, works as a substitute for a needle. Absolutely. And it's like, man, son is smarter than you in this moment. Fucking <laughs> chill out and listen. Yeah, I mean, you know, I get it. But yes, he does need to chill out. He needs to take a nap. That's a big thing. He sure does. But he also, it's understandable that he's on a fucking jungle island and has been presented with a unsavable patient. Yeah. Who he is desperately trying to save. And, like, he has to set his leg. And there's just a million things you have to do all at the same time. Like, it's very realistically stressful, I think. I love the part where Jen finally catches up to everyone else. Yeah. And he's clearly trying to tell them something about Claire. Right. And everyone's like, what about Claire? Yeah. Like, what's going on? It's like she is 17 months pregnant. <laughs> what do you think he's trying to tell you about Claire? Well, he finds he finds son very quickly, too, which yeah. is good. But, yeah. <laughs> no, it, it is funny. Yeah, people should know. But, you know, people, they've got a lot on their minds with. Yeah, they're trying to save Boone's bitch ass. Boone is in, like, three pieces. And I really question Jack's decision making here because he's like, I'm trying to save Boone. I can't go deliver this baby. Right. And it's like it feels like someone could just sit with Boone while you go deliver that well, baby. Yeah, I mean. What are you going to do, rush him to the operating room? But also, people have been delivering babies without doctors for years. Like, that's a lot easier thing for someone else to do than doing whatever the fuck it is that needs to be done to give Boone even a possibility of living. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Kate can deliver a baby. I think that's well within her ability. True. And so back on Flashback Island, yes. Jack is sitting poolside getting hammered. Yeah. Working on his vows. Yeah. His dad, Christian Shepherd, shows up uncharacteristically sober. Right. And they talk about the wedding. And his dad delivers a pretty important line. Yeah. Where he's asking Jack if he's sure he wants to get married. And he says... Uh, Commitment makes you tick. The problem is you can't let go. Yeah. And that is essentially the theme of this episode. Right. Because it kind of starts with Jack promising Boone that he will not let him die. Right. And then it just, over the course of the episode, devolves into people being like, you have to let Boone die. Right. Like, it becomes more and more obvious it's pretty obvious at the start, but it just becomes more and more that he is not going to make it. But Jack is obsessed to the point of he's, again, this, you know, ties into the title of the episode. He is starting to do more harm than right. he is doing good to a dying man. Yeah, he's planning to amputate Boone's leg. And Son is like, he's going to die. Yeah. Like, even if you amputate his leg, he's still going to die. Yeah. So you're just, like, cutting his leg off for funsies. Right. Promised him you'd help yeah. as much as you could. But, like, that's not helping no. in those final moments when that man's going to die. Not at all. You don't want to lop his leg off also. Yeah. No. He has to let go. That's the big thing. And they have a real intense stare down. And then Son gets the fuck out of there. And then Jack shoots Boone in the face. That actually doesn't happen, but <laughs> it's what he should have done, probably, Maybe. at that point. Might be a waste of a bully. He's going to die anyway. <laughs> Being so mean to Boone. <laughs> I did like the little misdirect in the wedding thing, because with Jack's issues with commitment and not being able to let go, yeah, like it felt like in that moment at the altar, he was going to be like, can't do it. Right. Actually, I give up. And it ends up being a really sweet moment. Yeah. Like, they both were supposed to write vows, and Jack didn't, and then he just comes from the heart. Yeah. But also, it's tinged with the fact that we know that Jack isn't married. Right. Now, in the present day, and his father's words are kind of being proven true by the On Island story. So, yeah. while it seems like he came up with something heartfelt and genuine to say— and he probably even believes it, we kind of know. We know. This is probably not going to 
actually last. Yeah. That's one of the things about this show. You could say that about any flashback. Yeah. There's no character on this show who was like, fuck, I wish I would just get stranded on an <laughs> island somewhere. Right. Yeah. And like, well, except Locke, kind well, of. Well, this is the thing. Like, It's similar to the storytelling that they're doing in the last episode where they're using the audience's knowledge of the future to add emotional resonance and build tension in – the flashbacks, which is really, really clever and something that they didn't always do. Like, it's something that they've gotten better at as the season has progressed. So, meanwhile, no one is really even checking on Claire except for Kate. Right. Maybe everyone else had date nights planned like Shannon and Saeed. But right. Yeah, Steve is off learning about the polar bear or something. Claire's baby comes out all fucking wet and baby-like. Yeah, that's what happens. At which point, Jen and Charlie emerge from the shadows like fucking vampires. <laughs> and they high-five each other because they didn't help. Right. And then Boone finally dies because Jack is about to cut his leg off. And Boone is like, fucking stop. Yeah. I'm alive enough to at least ask you to not cut my leg off before I, I die. It's like... One of Boone's better moments is him being like, look, I know you made a promise, but you're off the hook, man. Yeah. I know you're not going to save me. It's okay. Like, it's nice. And his dying words are, I think it was, did he say, tell Shannon don't? Something like that. And then he just trails off. And I bet it was tell Shannon don't fuck Saeed. Whatever you do, don't fuck anyone else but me. (laughs) But yeah, we don't find out. No. And back on the beach, everyone gathers round to see Claire's new baby. Yeah. And even though Jack's there, he's providing no real medical assistance or help (laughs) at all. He's just on the fringes. What is he going to do? Also, no one's really consoling Shannon. Because Shannon is not there. Yeah, I guess she did. This is what happened. She was she wandered off with Saeed, and then she gets back. Also, during that episode, they like talk about what the deal is with their relationship, and Shannon's like, "Look, I'll always love him because he's my brother." Yeah, it's very strange. Yeah, she's like, "I don't love him like that, right anymore, anymore." Yeah, it's just interesting that they have that conversation, and then yeah, they show up on the beach, and Jack has to go deliver the news. Shannon and everyone is just still like, but this baby, though, the baby, we're not going to go console Shannon in this moment. <laughs> this baby, this baby could die right now. Yeah. Shannon does not get proper care for her grief. No. People just keep making kissy faces at the baby. And they're right. like, oh, fuck. Her brother died. Oh, no. The, the asshole died. Oh, no. The worst character died. And Kate asked Jack if he wants to talk about Boone dying. And Jack says he didn't die. He was murdered. And that he's going to go look for Locke. <gasps> Lost. Yeah. Jack, shut the fuck up. Yeah, calm down, Jack. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Why are you being that way? Murdered. And I think that brings us to the end of this episode. It does. It sure does. Uh, we are so close to the end. We have... Two more episodes this season. We're going to clock in at 12 episodes for the season, which feels right. Yeah. The next episode will cover the next two episodes. Right. And then the last episode of season one of Lost is a three-parter. Yeah. Called Exodus. Does that mean they're getting off the island? Here's the thing. Spoiler. Yes. This is Uh only a one-season show. They get off the island at the end And things are pretty chill. Michael starts a construction business. He and Walt have a good life. Jack and Kate do some fucking. Yeah. Sawyer and Kate do some fucking. Kate gets to, like, live happily ever after. No one goes Yeah, she doesn't go to jail. Jen and Son, their relationship's great. Hurley fucking collects that lottery money. He pays off Walt, obviously. Yeah. He and Michael do some fucking. Sure. Why not? Everybody's fucking. <laughs> it's a weird finale, but it's very good. strange. I thought. I well, thought... that was all the fan fiction I wrote after the finale. The finale is <laughs> just them getting off the island. Sure, sure. <laughs> yeah, we're reaching the end. Yeah, almost did it, and then these will all be out for free. Hell yeah! Our secret will be revealed. <gasps> oh, that we've that... been doing a lost podcast this whole time. Classic. What's it's... your family gonna think? Well, it's it's been our mystery box for the whole season. <laughs> is what's in the mystery box? Well, it's this. 
whole season of a podcast that we've made. Right. It's going to be nice not carrying around a box that says mystery box right. on it. And it's got all the recording equipment. From now on, yeah. Just it's, cassette tapes of these podcasts. Yeah, it's weird that you recorded onto a cassette. It sounds good. I mean, I transfer it to MP3 after. Yeah, it still sounds good. So, I mean, whatever you're doing, it's... I'm the Jack White of podcast recording. Oh, my God. <laughs> we record this on a mixer I build out of driftwood that I right. found on the beach. Of course. Yeah, it's a very analog podcast. <laughs> I do like Jack White, though. Yeah, of course. So... That's our episode. Olivia, thanks so much for coming down in person. Thank you for having me. I'm Sure, any time. I love this place. This place is nice. I like it. Yeah. Do we have anything to plug before we get out of here? Conspiracy the show, but if you're listening to it right now, you already know about that. I mean, maybe not. Maybe not. If you're listening to the, the free public version, there's a chance you found your way here without... Knowing about Conspiracy the Show, which is our other podcast. Here's the thing. It's not that kind of conspiracy podcast. No, no. We're not encouraging people to storm the Capitol. Sorry if you find that disappointing. Yeah. But it's the other kind where we look at conspiracy theories objectively. Weird, I know. It's chill. It's very chill. It's very relaxed. Yeah. Unless you're like a Sandy Hook truther, in which case you're going to fucking hate it. I don't care what you think then. listen at all. You are the reason we have 3.8 stars on Apple. (laughs) No one cares. Fuck them. Also, I mean, if you're listening to this on the Patreon, you probably already know, but I'm doing comedy for the first time since COVID on February 3rd at the Sardine in San Pedro. Nice. And you should come to that. It's going to be a good time. I'm on the show. Anna Valenzuela, Atif Myers, Jeff May, a bunch of people you know from the network. And then also Danger Van Gorder and countless thousands are doing a show after. And then there's a couple other bands. It's a Friday night. It's from like 8 to 11. There's a banging-ass taco truck across the street. Come out! Hell yeah. It's going to be good times. And I think that's it. Should we get the fuck out of here? Let's get the fuck out of here. Olivia, will you please say goodbye? Goodbye. Goodbye, everybody. We love you. 